You're listening to the conservative mic. So listen to this. Listen to this. Okay, listen. We have some bad hombres here. Hi, I'm Mike Franzone, and welcome to the conservative mic. And today we want to talk about freedom. Just the idea of freedom and what does freedom mean to us? And more specifically, what does freedom mean to America? Now, Ronald Reagan said this, freedom is the deepest and noblest aspiration of the human spirit. And I believe it's Abraham Lincoln who wrote, freedom is the last best hope on earth. So we live in a nation whose founders considered free speech and the free exercise of religion so important that they deliberately sealed their protection in the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Now let me quote that to you. <clears throat> Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Now, separation of church and state, is, that's not even found in the Constitution. As I said last time, the freedom of the press and, and all of that, especially this idea of separation of church and state, we'll have to discuss that in another program. But today, I want to look at the idea of freedom in a general sense. Because if we lose our freedom in one area, we will lose it in another area. If we lose freedom of speech, we will lose freedom of religion and vice versa. Now freedom as we know it in America does not exist anywhere else in the world. I mean, even Great Britain and Canada and Australia, they're very slowly succumbing to the tyranny of political speech. Here in America, we have the freedom of worship. I mean, I don't care if you're a Hindu, a Buddhist, a Baptist, a Mormon, a Muslim, Catholics, the Baha'i faith, even the Wiccans. You can worship a rock in America. It's okay. So our fight today is with those who are trying to take speech away from Christians. Now we know there's a large anti-Semite movement now in America and even in Congress. Still, we're still better and have more freedom than any other country in the world. One wonderful thing about America is that all can, all can prosper, and that's because of that freedom. We can all prosper here in America. It's written in the Constitution and lived out through capitalism. There are four big economic principles here that separate us, I believe, from most countries in the world. The first one is that we have the freedom to try. America loves entrepreneurs. America loves people who are willing to get out there and take a risk, all right, and just get out there and do it. The second thing is we have the freedom to buy. Our shelves are full. You compared that to some of those socialist countries that are just a wreck, like the wreck called Venezuela or Cuba or wherever. I mean, even in Venezuela, where I read people are walking miles across the border just to get toilet paper. We have the freedom to try, we have the freedom to buy, and we also have the freedom to sell. You can open up a shop. I mean, you got Craigslist, you got Facebook. I mean, I mean, on most streets, unless you're living in some liberal town, you can open up a lemonade stand. 
we have the freedom to sell. And the fourth thing is this, we have the freedom to fail. Now you go to other countries in the world, when you fail, that's pretty much it. But here in America, it's okay to lose. It's okay to fail because you can always try again. You're only a failure in America if you quit, if you just lay down, if you give up. Here in America, you can speak your mind and, and still, and still some people are attacking that. Now, can you speak your mind in Iran, in Russia? Can you speak your mind in China, Syria, Saudi Arabia, North Korea, Venezuela, Indonesia, and the list goes on? No, of course not. Have you noticed that there's not too many, maybe zero Americans trying to cross the border to get into Mexico to start a new life? That's <laughs> just the opposite. Man, maybe there's a few retirees and a few criminals that are trying to get out of America, but you don't have that because America is unique. America is exceptional. Now, I just want to bring the Bible into some of this, you know, me being a, a, a pastor preacher. Now, the scriptures are overrun with the principle of freedom. And you know that our constitution and America itself was based on the Judeo-Christian ethic. For instance, you go to Leviticus 25, uh, there was the year of the Jubilee, which meant this way, in, in Israel, every 50 years, they had the Jubilee or the year of freedom, the year of liberty. On the Day of Atonement, the trumpet sounded and proclaimed liberty and freedom throughout Israel. That meant that every man received his possessions back. Debts were forgiven. Men who worked as a servant to pay off a debt, they were freed and they could all come home. Even the land was returned. It was a time of forgiveness and a time of freedom. Isaiah 61.1 says, Proclaim freedom for the captives. Psalm 146 verse 7, The Lord sets the prisoner free. John 8.32, The truth shall make you free. I love Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And but today, what do you hear? All you hear from the left is how they want to take away your freedoms. I mean, really think about it. Uh, when you listen to even today, uh, in this particular time when I'm doing this uh, particular show, we get all the Democratic candidates all lining up. And you listen to them talk. And it's all about control. I want to control health care if I'm elected. Control the environment. Control your guns. Control your speech. Control your air conditioners. Control what you can buy and not buy. So they want more gun control. They single-payer health care. The government wants to run your health care. Uh, they want certain words that you're allowed to say and you're not allowed to say. The New Green Deal is all about controlling every part of our society. It's socialism on steroids. That is the antithesis of what the Constitution says. And what makes America exceptional is the idea of real freedom, not state control. Now our founders, understanding human nature and knowing some have ulterior motives warned us. I'll read a quote from Samuel Adams. The liberties of our colonies, the freedom of our civil constitution are worth defending at all hazards. 
and it is our duty to defend them against all attacks. Benjamin Franklin writes, they that can give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty and safety. So that begs the question, doesn't it? Why is it so important to protect the freedoms guaranteed in the Constitution and given to us by God? Here's a salient point. John Witherspoon, cleric and later governor in New Jersey, 1700, said this. There is not a single instance in history in which civil, civil liberty was lost and religious liberty preserved entire. I've got to read that again because I really don't want you to miss that today. There is not a single instance in history in which civil liberty was lost and religious liberty preserved entire. History has shown us you take away or control speech, you take gun rights away, you take guns away when the government controls everything. Everything, even religious liberty. Now we found out in history that when the government begins to start controlling things, eventually go after your guns. They go after your religious liberty. And in time, people begin to bleed. See the Nazis, the, uh, see Russia, see China, see many of the Arab countries, and that list goes on and on and on. And that's been kind of the goal for many who are on the left. I don't know if it's out of ignorance or because they're just communists or they're just socialists. Many have pretty much have said they hate this country the way it is. Now, I think what the governor was saying back in the 1700s, John Witherspoon, is this. If I lose freedom in one area, soon they will keep coming for more. Uh, this issue about the cigarettes. Now, I don't smoke and I say don't smoke, but yet who made the money off the cigarettes? All the lawyers did. This going after trans fats and they want to change, go after, i.e. California, they go after straws. They're banned straws in many cities in California. They're going after the size of your soda and french fries, the size of my soft drinks. All of that's going to be regulated. They want to regulate everything. It's, I think it was San Francisco that wanted that banned straws. Man, they're even coming after your Twinkies. But seriously, they're trying to slowly erode our freedoms because they think they're smarter than you are. They think they're smarter than you are and think you don't know what what's going to happen that they feel like they're the, going to be the granddaddy and they're going to take care of you. I like this what Glenn Beck had written in one of his books. I'll read this to you. Kind of low, goes along with this freedom thing. First they came for cigarettes and I didn't speak up because I'm not a smoker. Then they came for trans fat and I didn't speak up because I'm a healthy eater. Then they came for the foie gras and I didn't speak up because it's French. Then they came for the ice cream and I didn't speak up because I'm lactose intolerant. And then they came for the ribeye. And by that time, there was no one left to speak up because all of the restaurants were already out of business. In other words, you and I are free to think as we like and do as we like in this country, as long as, so, as it doesn't harm anyone else. Live and let live, simple right. Well, not anymore, especially in this country. This is one of the essential things that we're going to have to speak out about, and especially what the Constitution argues. 
A free people cannot survive unless they remain virtuous and strong. So only a virtuous people are capable of maintaining their freedom. Now let's go back and talk about what it means to be virtuous. If you looked it up in the dictionary, being virtuous means good, upright, uh, right thinking, clean, law-abiding, uh, lawful, blameless, honest, just, unbridgeable, anti-corrupt, decent, trustworthy, commendable, respectable. And you find that the more corrupt and vicious, the more immoral we become, the more we open the door for a dictator, for a ruler, for a king, and for a master. Today, the left is arguing that our president is a dictator, a tyrant, and that's just absolutely false. And there's nothing, the, the ones who are really fascists, the ones who are really the dictators and the tyrants are those who espouse complete control of the government, and i.e., as we already talked about, guns, religion, speech, the environment, and all of that. You see, when we look at history, the early Americans constantly talked about public virtue. They constantly talked about obeying the Ten Commandments, of right conduct, of that, that willingness to sacrifice for the good of others. They talked about being industrious and frugal and honest, about loving God and others, and, and simply about wanting to do what's right. They honored the home, they honored the school, they honored marriage, and they honored the church. John Adams wrote, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. The qualities of virtue and morality are the secrets to the survival of our nation and I think of any nation. Now the best method for assuring a free and stable government is to elect virtuous leaders. Now not perfect. These are leaders who believe in the constitution, who believe in a capitalism, who believe in the what we would call the traditions of America and just want to do the right thing. Samuel Adams also pointed out a very sobering fact concerning our political survival as a free people when he said this. He said this, but neither the wisest constitution nor the wisest laws will secure the liberty and happiness of a people whose manners are universally corrupt. He therefore is the truest friend to the liberty of his country, who tries most to promote his virtue and who, so far as his power and influence extend, will not suffer a man to be chosen into any office of power and trust who is not a wise and virtuous man. Samuel Adams continues, and he said that public officials should not be chosen if they lack experience, training, watch, proven virtue and wisdom. One of my favorite scriptures, one of the favorite scriptures even of our, of our founding fathers was this. It was Proverbs 29 too. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. We have elected leaders through history with an IQ barely above five. We have elected leaders who hate and do not know the Constitution. Right now, we're being run by a whole bunch of them in Congress. The Democrats are running the show in Congress, and you see what you got. You got nothing but chaos. Matter of fact, the only thing that they've accomplished in three years since they took the House was they were able to name 12 post offices. That's it. That's all they've done. 
We have elected leaders who want to get rid of American, every American tradition, who want to get rid of the Electoral College. And the Electoral College, and again, I'm going to do a show on that, so hang on. The Electoral College is the genius of our founders. Immoral men and women, who we have, we have immoral men and women who can't even put a cogent thought together. It reminds me of Exodus 18.21. Moses was overwhelmed. He had millions and millions of people that he had to be the boss of. They were coming in and there were so many problems and he was basically, he was the, the judge of the jury as they were coming by and, and telling all the stuff that was going on and all the different uh, crimes that were being committed, things that need to be made right. And Moses was given advice by his father-in-law, Jethro. And he said this, he says, Moses, provide out of the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers. He basically was saying, you need some good, wise people who can't be bought to help you run this country. And the Bible says in Isaiah 1, I think it kind of goes back to where we're dealing with today, that we are children given to corruption. I think we have today in America, and this is, this is the, uh, what our founding fathers were, were, had just come out of a monarchy, had just come out of having a king. But today we have a modern aristocracy. We have a ruling class, elitists, politicians who have an agenda, who ignore the will of the people. They've been in office for 150 years. They are politicians with the conscience of a rock, with the backbone of a noodle, morals of a dog, and the integrity of a bullfrog. They're conniving, compromising, conspiratorial, and corrupt. Not all, but many. We need more leaders who have character, who have virtue, and have honesty. They don't have to be perfect people. They have to love this country, respect the Constitution, and stand for what is right. Men and women who won't sell their soul for a piece of bread, who again, who believe in America and its founding. You see, our freedom, our rights, come directly from God. You know, it was the Declaration of Independence talks about that men are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights. These are natural rights that come from God. They don't come from a king. They don't come from an emperor, from a congress. They don't come from a president. They don't come from social compact. They don't come from some group of pencil neck egghead elitists. As the Declaration of Independence agrees with the Bible, men are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable amiable rights. And again, as I said before, these are natural rights. And what that means is these are rights inherent in all mankind. You can forfeit these rights, but no one can take them away unless you let them. You can give up your rights, but no one can take those rights away. For example, here in America, because of our constitution, because of the Judeo-Christian ethic and how we were founded. And because of freedom, we have the right of self-government. We have the right to bear arms for self-defense. We have the right to own and develop and sell our own property. 
natural rights. We have the right to make personal choices. We have the right to make to choose a profession, to choose a mate, to have a child. We have the right to assemble. We have the right to have to protest and have petition. We have the right of free speech. We have the right of free press. You have the right to travel, to have privacy. You have the right to a fair trial. You have the right to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And guess what? You have the right to worship as you believe. You have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now the history of the world is a history of these rights being taken away. The history of the world is a history of tyranny and rulership. And that is what makes America exceptional. That's what makes America unique. And so we must fight for our amazing freedom. We're a blessed nation. I believe we've been blessed by God. I don't think there's another nation in the world, the richest nation in the history of the world, the best military in the history of the world. We probably have more good things, more technology than any country in the history of the world. We're a blessed nation. We've been blessed by God. And why? Uh, several reasons. I think we have been a launching pad for the greatest missionary movement in history. We're, we have sent missionaries out that spread the gospel, that have changed many millions and millions of lives. Another, another reason why I believe we've been a blessed nation, we are friends with the Jewish people. We honor and support them. We help protect them. And the promise from God is, I will bless those who bless my people. Our President Trump right now has done more and kept more promises related to the Jewish people than I believe any other uh, president has in our history, maybe in the world's history as well. Making Jerusalem the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the capital, putting our embassy in Jerusalem was an amazing thing that all these presidents promised and no one had kept their word. But there's a third thing. We have become a laboratory, an example of the principles of freedom. We've honored God and as long as we honor God, God's going to bless us. I think there's a fourth reason why we've been so blessed. America was started by Christians. I know people don't want to, you hear all this revisiting or re, uh, reorganizing of history, right? The twisting of history. But let's face the fact, America was started by Christians. America was started by people who were trying to have the freedom to worship. Now through the years, we've tried to honor God and his word. Now there, there's a battle today that good people have brought light to this country. And then the battle on the other side is this group of loudmouth progressive socialists, right? A minority, but they try to shout you down, trying to change history, trying to revise history. Our kids are not being taught the true history of our country. Our kids are not even being taught the constitution. We're called to be light as believers, Matthew 5, 16. And what that means is we're to expose evil by exposing and teaching truth.
Truth equals light. Light, we are to bring truth to men and women. Light, by the way, always expels darkness, not vice versa. When you bring light to a situation with, by bringing the truth, you expose that situation. Things begin to change. I believe that Matthew 5 also says that we're not only to be the light, but we're to be salt. Now think about salt. You've got to take it out of that shaker and put it on your meat, right? Or put it on your food. You must always apply it. So you've got to get up and do something. You've got to change the flavor of our culture and society by getting involved with the culture and society. And whatever form that takes, that's putting salt, preserving. That's what salt does. And not only changes the flavor, but it preserves. We are the moral and spiritual pres preservative of this nation. We have to preserve the great principles that are found in our great documents like the Declaration of Independence and our Constitution and the Bill of Rights. We must preserve those principles. And it's just a fight today sometimes. We fight with politicians. We fight with the media. We fight with Hollywood in order to preserve these wonderful principles. But these are principles that made America great, i.e. all under the umbrella of freedom. It is our indifference that will kill this nation. When there's no clear voice in the pulpit, when there's no concern in the pew, when you have feigned ignorance or no interest or we're too scared, we don't want bad news, we're too self-centered, we want to put our heads like an ostrich in the sand and think that it'll just go away. We who know need to stand up and speak out. And one of my favorite quotes is from the great Edmund Burke who said this, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. So I say today, speak clearly what God says in his word. Speak the truth, temper it with love. Don't be ashamed of being a believer. Your beliefs, all right, of being an American are important. Be an American, be a Christian, be patriotic, love God, love this country, I love what John said. It's the truth that will set you free. Hey, thanks for listening. See you next time.